She believed he could present to you the Hey Girl, Mind Your Mindset series. We're not only believing in God as Father to guide our steps as we walk by faith, but we are trusting our process with every step that we are called to take as his daughters. Let's talk about six steps towards an intentional mindset. First, we have identify, then surrender, then let's decide, then speak, you believe, and affirm. Thank you for listening to the show. And I love that you, in the same breath that you speak about the groundwork that you had to do mentally, in the same breath, spiritually, you was allowing God to transform you. And Rosalind was a huge part of me going to therapy because I am a faithful listener to Therapy as a Christian podcast because I know the balance that it takes to the healthy balance that it takes to not only be spiritually aware of the transformation that God is trying to do in your life, but then also you have to hold yourself accountable for the things that has happened to you and um, things that has come up in your past. And so what I was trying to do, I was trying to be a new person called unto the Lord, walk in faith, and then get in my Bible and putting scripture on top of brokenness, putting scripture on top of abandonment, putting scripture on top of unforgiveness. And so I was wondering why I would get to a certain part within my journey and then there was no more path for me. What God was needing me to do was to go back. A lot of us are not willing to go back. We just want to be called unto the Lord. The day we are saved, that's when we are are called to be new in Christ. But at the same time, he's needing us to go back and do the groundwork. And so that's where therapy became a part of my life because God was saying that you're not going to be able to reveal unto others my hand and my glory in your life because you have you have some things in your heart that are you know covered in shame that are covered in abandonment I, I was feeling rejected because I did grow up without a father in all of the things and so God was saying how are you going to undo what you did and what others done unto you if you're not willing to go back and 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 really work through that stuff. And so when I went to therapy, I just remember going back to that 14-year-old girl, going back to my childhood where I saw brokenness, where I saw things that were not of God. And I was beginning to combat the things that were not of him with his word. And so again, therapy as a Christian, what does that look like? Being a Christian does not mean that you won't ever go through nothing. Being a Christian does not mean that you won't have stumbles and struggles. But what it's saying is that with God and by faith, we're able to do all things through him, even the things that we didn't do back then. So, Rosalind, for you, going back to just those places of rejection, daddy issues, that's a Mm -hmm. big one, especially for us ladies, daddy issues, going back to... um, a victim, just feeling like a victim in all of the things. How did you combat you being a Christian with the things that were not of God? And how, you know, how did you work through that? I know with therapy, but like, were you ever at a place where you felt like, how am I going through this and feeling this as a Christian? Sis, (laughs) multiple times. Okay. I think I began to get, this is what happened for me when one thing, my therapist always drew me back to the word. She always said, I'm just a tool in your journey. I am not the one that's going to free you. She's like, I'm just here to assist. And so 
there were many times I wanted to give up. One, because therapy broke me. It broke me. And God allowed me to go through that brokenness and and just the wilderness season again out of Egypt. You don't, you go on to walk into where I'm at now. If you had told me that three years ago, I would have laughed in your face because I'd be like, girl, you have, you are lying to me. You mean all these little thoughts in my mind that I'm thinking are actually going to come true? Girl, girl, bye. Okay. But I also think that what it looked like for me was a lot of fasting and prayer. Why? Because there were so many times I would leave therapy like why, where did this even come from, Lord? Like there were, there was about a year in 2019 where we only talked about worthiness and confidence. And I would come back to my therapist constantly over and over and tell her, I'm caring about what people think about me. And I don't understand why, like, where is this coming from? Um, And worthy in my identity. Another issue that I had was mommy issues. Like my mom had her own trauma, love her to death. But I think also I equated the fact that my mom had her own trauma and because she was my mom that I had to almost accept it. I had to accept everything that she did and taught me as my own. It really wasn't until I became a parent that I understood, oh, I am my own individual as a mom, as a wife. What you say and what advice you give is great, but I can take it with a grain of salt. And I have my own ability. I didn't grow up with the approval that I could have my own identity. It was you do what I say and you do it how I say it. So again, not having any, again, going back, never being taught. I've never, I never was taught self-care. I was taught you work hard and you hustle and you do everything. You run yourself into the ground. I grew up seeing that because that was my mom did. Mm -hmm. So this, this narrative, again, this narrative was literally being bombarded and the devil was having his way because I was again, blinded to my own trauma. I was also blinded by having an, uh, under like a knowledge of God, but not really having the understanding and the clarity in it being ingrained in me because I didn't understand goodness because all I saw was bad. But I didn't know what goodness felt like until I brought it to him. So that was where the prayer and fasting came in. I fasted more in therapy in the last three and a half years than I think I've ever had in my entire life, partially because I needed to understand the reverence of God and how, oh, you literally are trying to pull me out of captivity and put me into my promise. You're giving me vision when I don't really understand. You're showing me what it means here. And here's another thing. And this is something Holy Spirit brought to my revelation. God is always a multiplier, Mm -hmm. period. He is a multiplier by nature. When he told Adam and Eve to go be fruitful and multiply, he said, multiply. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible is John 15. And it talks about Jesus being the true vine. And he said, I am the true vine. I'm the grapevine, And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. He prunes every branch. He prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce more. I was being pruned to produce the harvest of what is in front of me now. And even more pruning being now, I'm being pruned for more things because now even God is in, now God is now taking the physical part of therapy and helping me understand the spiritual warfare 
tactics. I, I wasn't mature enough then, Kiana, to understand that three years ago. I had to physically go through what spiritual warfare looked like physically to have an understanding and revelation of God spiritually. I would have, and I have, ran away from him like, that's too deep. Oh, I don't want to understand that, Lord. I don't want to stand witchcraft and where, where it stems from. I don't want to understand that. Why? Because that's too deep. That's too deep, too deep. But now I'm understanding, oh, no, no, no. These are the reasons why people are in bondage. This is the reason why they're saying, well, how long is it going to take me to heal? Because I don't really, that's a distraction. That is a deception of the enemy to make you further stay in the place of stagnation and con- and and really being condemned to not experience the freedom of Christ. Why would you wait on healing? If I'm if I'm sick and I have a broken foot, why would I wait 6 weeks to go to the doctor? But I'm telling myself, "Oh, I should go. Why should I do that?" That's that's bondage. And that is what we as believers are working through on a daily basis. And so Talking about going back to the past, I had to understand where the bondage started. I had had to understand why my mama was in bondage to where what she taught me was really bondage and really where that came from. She is a changed woman now at 55, 56, but who she was at 34 when she was parenting me was baby girl a whole lot. I had to still grow up with that. She may be free at 55, but Rosalind's not free at 31. Why and where did that start? So with therapy, again, it gave me language. I was prompted to ask questions about my thought process. There's a scripture, um, everyone knows it, but I'm going to read it in a different translation, Romans 12 and 2, that says, do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world. This is the scripture. This is the, this is the kicker. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn. So you can't even understand it. The reason I didn't understand that you will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could, I could ever, you could ever ask or think because I didn't, because I didn't understand acts and you will receive because I didn't understand. Do not worry about what you're going to eat, drink, wear, because if the father can clothe the lilies of the field, why I didn't understand that? Because I didn't have a transformed mind. Mm-hmm. And so it says, the scripture says, then you will learn. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. I didn't understand it was good, pleasing, and perfect. I thought it was bad. You're hurting me. You want me to die because <laughs> this is what it feels yeah. like. But I, my mind wasn't transformed. Yeah. And so the Bible is talking about let God transform you the way you think. The Bible doesn't say let God transform the way you behave. Mm-hmm. We want to change the behavior. Mm-hmm. And God is saying, I want to transform you, your mind, because if I can change your mind and transform your mind, your behavior is automatically going to change. So good. When I, look at my, when, I look at, when I look at my son and I'm like in a loving place towards him, my heart, because I think love towards him, I'm always going to be in a place of I want to hug and kiss you and love on you. Mm-hmm. If I'm thinking negative about him, I don't want to be around him. When he used to cry and I was in a negative mind space, I didn't want to be around him. I didn't want to hold him. I didn't I want to be like, what is happening? Negative mind space. It wasn't if I kissed him or loved him, it wasn't genuine. So we do these things behaviorally. You say you want to help people, you help them, but are you genuinely, is your heart posture really in a place of help? Or is it, I'm helping to get a reward. Mm-hmm. I'm helping because I think this is what I have. To, I'm doing this as a checklist to God mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, This is why he's, he says in the church, 
you've left your first love. Like you've done all these things, but I don't recognize you because are you loving me? Are you seeking my heart? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So in order to, and, and I'm not saying that, again, I, I'm always say therapy is a tool. That is a real tool. It's a very powerful tool, but we also have other weapons in our arsenal of prayer, worship, fasting, reading the word of God. That's a, that is a weapon. The Bible talks about, and I've heard this from many times before that the armor of God is an armor. The only oppositional weapon he gives us was the sword. Everything else is protection, mm-hmm. but the sword was the word. So if you don't know the word, you ain't, you have no, then you're just covered, but you don't have anything to fight back. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> I'm saying so like if I don't understand the Bible if I'm not reading it I'm not seeking God God was brought a revelation to me about seeking him and I said Lord what does seeking you look like people say seek you but like I'm the one that's gonna ask hey what does this look like practically I need to understand teacher can you give me the ABCD one two three and seeking seeking means pursue so if your husband is pursuing you, what is he doing? He's trying to get you to go on a date with him. He's trying to get to know baby girl. He asking those questions. He's like, baby, I need to be around you. What time do we need to get together? Okay. What time are we going to go to Olive Garden and eat the breadsticks? Okay. God is like, same thing. Seek me, pursue me, spend time with me, worship with me, fellowship with your sisters and your brothers. This is seeking him. It's not just a, it's it's over, it's the overall view of seeking him. That is seeking his heart. And so it's getting to know him in a way that you, it's personal to you. And if you can't seek God, if you don't have the language, if you don't know what that means, what therapy gave me was language. And when I say what language is important, I can then go to God and say, Father, I feel rejected from my dad. I didn't have the, like, I just was like, Lord, Lord, give me a heart of forgiveness for, towards him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. So, so it helps me to just have language in a deeper way to go to God. And I love that, that language piece of it, because I don't think I realized that I didn't have words until I got to therapy. I didn't realize that my therapist was helping me deep dive into the things that I didn't want to talk about. And the reason why we don't have language or words to put it into sentence is because something deep down inside of us is withholding information. We don't want to rehash the abuse. We don't want to rehash the rejection or talk about the things that kept us in bondage. We don't want to talk about that. And so allowing yourself and making the decision to go to therapy, that's your commitment unto yourself. And then you take what you are receiving in therapy back into the Lord And you're allowing him to give you that spiritual awareness, that spiritual guidance and giving you that protection that you need spiritually so that you're able to combat the things of your flesh, the things of your past with the word of God, y'all. So I just want, again, to really let you know that we are defining who we are. That is the practical piece of going to therapy. That's something tangible. That's something you can commit unto yourself by going to therapy. But then you're declaring who you are in the spirit realm. So the two go hand in hand. It's the same breath as you inhale and exhale 
um, with therapy and being a Christian, I don't ever want you to think or separate yourself that when we're called unto the Lord, that you won't ever go through anything or you won't have to combat what the world is saying to what God is calling you, because that fight will forever be in you. But you have, like Rosalind said, you have your weapons of warfare already within you. You just have to declare and speak life over yourself and really mean what you say when you say it, y'all. So I want to thank Rosalind so much, y'all. I'm going to have all of her information in the show notes. Please believe me when I say, if you do not follow her podcast, Therapy as a Christian, if you are working through not only your salvation, but if you're working through some things mentally, check out her podcast, I remember when I first started her podcast, I had to go all the way back because I needed to get all of what she was putting out because I knew that there were some things I needed to work through. I started therapy, but then I stopped therapy, but then I had to commit that in order for me to be fully who I am called to be in the Lord, I needed to go back. I needed to do the groundwork and rehash why I thought certain things, why my mentality was so negative about certain people or certain decisions. And so therapy, like she said, is a tool that will help you with that. And so um, Rosalind, one thing I know she encourages you is to finding the uh, therapist that will best fit you. There are so many therapists, there are um, so many people out here that has the tools, but you have to find the best fit for you. And so Rosalind help you with that. She has so many different resources. She can help guide you with that. And so I will put all of that as well in the show notes. But before we go, Rosalind, please tell the people what you got going on now, how they can find you, how they can follow you, sis. She just came up with a new program called Show Up, Sis. Listen, if that's not a if that's not a commitment and a declaration in itself, sis, like you got to show up. And so yes. with that, yes. please know you have to do the groundwork. But when yes. you show up, you showing up. So Rosalind, tell the people how they can follow you. Yeah, yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. That is the most active place I am on. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on, I really don't post on Facebook, child. I, I stay in my lane. And the one place I know is Instagram um, or just primarily the podcast. If I ever take a, a break from Instagram, I will always post on the podcast or send stuff to my email list. Um, but yeah, I recently launched a program um, called Show Up Sis that essentially breaks down for women my mindset is I want you to be able to know that you can show up in every area of your life. You can show up and be authentically yourself. You can also work from a place of rest. That's my, one of my biggest things, a place of rest. And it's really started from um, doing time management coaching last year, but I really have transformed the program into a way to help women overcome self-sabotage and procrastination because I found those were the two biggest things that were stopping us from being effective in our time, but also effective in every area of our life. We really, really self-sabotage and we procrastinate unknowingly out of avo- avoiding something. And so we talk about that. And I give you a comprehensive view of time management that is very much so, I believe, like, Holy Spirit led because the program that I've, the cohort that I recently um, have been working with have just said how much their lives have been transformed by this understanding mentally that has impacted. Like one of them sent me a voice a memo this morning and she was saying how she it's Wednesday and she's like, I've done everything for my week that I planned. So now I got to plan more. And so just to have effectiveness in their time, 
overcoming distractions, really being able to just see themselves differently so they can show up better has just been so phenomenal to help them with. So I'm thankful that for that program and then other things that I have, I have the Time of God Challenge. I have the Help Me Find a Therapist webinar. Time of God Challenge for me to help you teach you just the practicality of spending time with God. Making it real simple and shaky. Like this morning, I read a book. I didn't even go into a full worship moment. I didn't journal, but that was significant time with God that I got something out of it. And so really teaching you different ways that you can spend time with God, get something from him. Um, Your time with God isn't always a mountaintop moment. You're not going to have the boohoo crying every single time. Most times you probably will. because it's just what happens. But there are a lot of times when you're just genuinely building relationship with God that you're not going to have a mountaintop moment every single time, especially if you're in a rough season. Like that mountaintop moment sometimes comes few and far between as you're learning and walking with God and he's carrying you. And so I really talk about just getting out of the religious mindset of time with God and how it's not this fixed box view and um, really, really addressing that. So I talk about that. And then I just have a plethora of different things. Girl, I feel like I'd be doing a lot, yeah. but you know, but you I, be, I have the grace to do it. You really do. And you're called to it. So you remember y'all, Rosalind, this is what she do professionally. And she's walking in her purpose with all things mental health in Christ. So she is able to provide the language, sis. Like, listen, she's going to come to you on a professional level with mental health. And then she's going to walk in her purpose and know who she's called to be and be able to give you the spiritual aspect of it. So it goes hand in hand. And that's why you're able to do all of what he's called you to do when it comes to mental health. So there y'all have it. This is Rosalind Renee. She is all things mental health in Christ. She is declaring and speaking life into the women who know that they are called, who know they have purpose over their life. But then we are needing to do the groundwork in our mental health. We are needing to show up, sis, and really Mm -hmm. just um, be who we are called to be, even in that place of rest and stillness. And so again, Rosalind, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Until next time, girlfriend, holla.